0: Let us get into our message here today. Pray with me. Gracious and Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. For everything that we do is about you. And Lord, sometimes we, we, we fail. Sometimes we don't meet the expecta- our own expectations. But Lord, today, in this moment, I just pray that I may be hidden and that you, Jesus, may be lifted up that as we have already been blessed in worshiping you in so many different ways, we worshipped you through music, we worshipped you through giving, we worshipped you through prayer, Lord, I pray that you now, as we open up your word, that we will worship as you speak to us through your word. I know there's somebody here, maybe many of us here, that you, Lord, have brought here specifically to hear this message. And Lord, as any good speaker worth their salt will say, the, the first person that any preacher is speaking to when they stand on a pulpit or on a stage is to themselves. For this message, first and foremost, was for me, and I am blessed to be able to deliver it to these wonderful folks here on this day. I pray this and pray for your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me start here now by saying something that you technically cannot say for another first, for another four years, and that is, happy leap day Sabbath. You're welcome. You all get an extra day. What are you going to do with it? Now, as you probably know, I'm no science expert, so I got all this information on, you know, this little thing called the web. Uh, but, but, but simply, you understand that every approximately every four years, you know, we are given this extra 24 days. And put simply, these additional 24 hours are built into the calendar to ensure that it stays in line with the Earth's movement around the what? The sun, some of you are just like, wait a minute, this is no science class, I didn't, you know, I didn't do well. And while the modern calendar, while the modern calendar contains 365 days, okay, the actual time it takes for the earth to orbit its star, the sun, right, is slightly longer. It's roughly, depending where you look, it's 365 point, anybody know? Again, Pastor Bill will take you out also to eat anywhere you want. Anybody? Anybody? 365.252421. I'm sure you all knew that. And that difference may be small, but over, over the course of time, decades and centuries, that missing quarter of a day per day can add up. And so to ensure the consistency with the true astronomical year, it is necessary to periodically, right every four years, add this extra day, as we can say, to make up for that extra time. And so now, here you, here you are. You've already chosen on this extra day to be here at church and worship. Amen? So perhaps, it's a, it's a good time to reflect. Hey, you got an extra day. Let's use it to reflect on how perhaps the year has gone so far, Right? It's been two months can you it's hardly it's hard to believe like if today wasn't february 29th it'd be march 1st and it just seems like i was saying happy new year just yesterday and perhaps as the title of today's message is ready set go 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 we've been going and going and going you know you perhaps some of you made your new year's resolution and you resolved to lose weight and you went to the gym and now you're waiting for the gym membership to cease and that that down payment because that's not working out. Perhaps you said, I am not going to eat any, you fill in the blank, and this week you ate what you filled in the blank with. Perhaps you said, you know what, I am going to read the Bible more, and two months in, well, you fill in that blank too. Perhaps you've just been running and running and going and going And basically 2020 so far, you you don't remember half of what happened in the last two months. And so maybe this morning, maybe this morning as we're ready, set, and going and going, we need to what? Stop. Just stop for a moment. And as we do, let's turn to Psalm 46. If you have a Bible, your phone, whatever it may be, Turn to Psalm 46, and when you're there, say, let's go. Okay, one person. All right, amen. Psalm 46 is a beloved psalm in Christianity as a whole. Right from the beginning, right from the beginning, this is a song that is entrusted not just to anyone, not just to anyone. As a matter of fact, the title of the psalm, if you, it, it, it should be there in your Bible, says, for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamath, a song. Charles Spurgeon, he's a great preacher, uh, uh, you know, English preacher of yesteryear, in what some have called his magnum opus seven volume on the Psalms. Regarding this specific heading, Psalm 46, Spurgeon says the following. He says, To the chief musician, he who could sing other psalms so well was fitly entrusted with this noble odd. Trifles may be left to commoner songsters, but the most skillful musician in Israel must be charged with the due performance of this song, with the most harmonious voices and choicest music for the sons of Korah. In other words, for whatever reason, this song was specifically for this group, for this group who had the skill of music. In other words, it it wouldn't just be given to anybody, but it would be given to a group like was here just a moment ago, amen? A a group that is skilled. Without a doubt, this is a very special song. And don't miss that, it's a song. As perhaps many of you know, one of the most well-known hymns of all time A Mighty Fortress is Our God, written by Martin Luther, was inspired essentially and written because of this psalm. The psalm seems to have been written in a time of war and strife. And yet from the very first verses, it tells us the following. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not, what does it say? Fear, though the earth give away, and the mountains fall in the heart of the sea. The song gives a picture of God, that he, as just mentioned, is a refuge. But also he is strong, he is present, and a great help to all, and the weak in particular. God is above all and rules all. We're safe with him in the midst of the war and strife. But interestingly, if you read through Psalm 46, and some have missed this, you may have have actually noticed, though, that that it's written in the third person, but when you get to verse 10, to which we will spend the rest of our time in, verse 10 goes from the third person to the first person. And it says, Be still and know what? That I am God. Now, now think about that. A psalm that is written in the third person, and then all of a sudden, you see a shift in who's writing, and it goes to the first person. And so now God is speaking directly to his people. And he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted above the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And commentators debate this. They debate if if God here was speaking to his people or the enemy of God's people in which they are at war with. Or both. I lean on the side that if God is saying essentially stop, that he's speaking to both. You see, in this verse, there are these two commands that we're going to speak of. And that I suggest and I invite us this February 29th, leap day, leap year, here in 2020, that as we're always ready, set, and going and going, that we stop and take these two suggestions from God himself. I would say these two commands. The first, to be still. To cease striving. In other words, hush. The Hebrew word there, rafa, is often translated in this context to be still up and appropriate, so, but in, uh, it, it can also be translated to cease. And in this beautiful psalm, it is as if God is saying, Hey, hey, stop. What are you doing? Stop. Be still. And it seems pretty clear, at least to me, an inference, at least to many as well, that God is calling folks to just be quiet, at least to some degree. And perhaps more than ever before in the culture that we live in today, and maybe to you and to me, he's saying silence. How have you been doing with silence thus far this year? You know, perhaps some of you, it's easy. But I would venture to say that for many of us, it's not. I'm a type A. I'm not an introvert. And so I get excited and energized when I'm around people. But even for those that may be introverts and say, hey, I got this. I love silence. Uh, Please don't make us stand up. And, you know, many churches, you stand up and say hi to somebody. That is the introvert's worst nightmare. And so you may say it's easy for me to be silent but hold on stick with me here you see we live in a world that is almost never silent 24-hour news cycle our phones are constantly constantly speaking to us push notifications text social media email social media social media text social media does anybody use a phone to call anybody no just text me and text me and text me and social media and then we have issues at work speaking to us, at home, the kids, school, and we'll even church. And it's constant. Think, think about many of you don't even go to the bathroom without your phone. Raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Because then nobody will want to shake your hand. So that's probably the problem. <laughs> can, can I borrow your phone? No, no, no. I know where you go with that. You laugh because most of you that laugh probably do it anyways we'll we'll move on we go to bed and we're looking at our screen and it's yelling at us it's telling us everything that is happening in the world and then we try to go to bed and our eyes are looking up saying why am i not going to bed well maybe because it was screaming at you the whole time maybe just maybe and then we finally get to bed we wake up And the first thing we grab is our phone. And it's now yelling at us once again, just like I am right now. And it's telling us, you have a text. You got to get this done. You got to get this going. And social media, look how great. That person woke up at 4 o'clock. You're lazy. Why didn't you get up at 4 o'clock and go work out? Aren't you have your New Year's resolution? You're lazy. Get up. Move. I exercise. They did it. They ran 20 miles. I can't even run one. Here we go. And so it's yelling at us consistently. And in the midst of all that, First I said we. As God spoke in the first person, maybe he's telling us, no, take off the maybe. I believe he's telling us to stop. Cease. You see, it is in the silence that God more often than not speaks to us. Think about it. Think about when speakers, preachers like myself, Pastor Bill, and others that are here probably, we use silence or at least proper use of silence. And a presentation does what? Helps bring in and emphasize something that is being said, just like I did now. The power of silence. Well-known writer, I know, uh, by the way, I I say, um, Pastor Skip Bale, he used to be my professor. um, And he will know Henry Noman very well. I encourage you to write, I mean to read anything by Henry Nouwen. There's a lot. I, I wouldn't say I agree with everything with this theology, of course, but nonetheless. Solitude, silence, and prayer are often the best ways to self-knowledge. And I could have quoted him many times, but one other one that you won't see on the screen is said, somewhere we know that without silence, powerful, words lose their meaning. You see, silence isn't simply about not talking. Silence and solitude isn't simply about going off into some island, and we have those around here in southwest Florida, don't we? Or at least we could. We can go off and be alone all day long. But it's about truly beginning to listen and seeking to understand what God might be trying to tell us, but we just don't have time to actually Let's be honest, we even come to church, and after we get through with it, sometimes we're like, let me get on my phone. And I say we, I'm I'm, I'm number one. I'm a wannabe tech geek, and so I am always trying and love technology. And thank God for my wife that helps me to say, put it down. One of my favorite writers, Ellen White, in her masterpiece, Desire of Ages, says, we must individually hear him speaking to the heart. Now think about that for a, soc- for, for a second. We kind of rush, and I know the paragraph is out there, but just for that moment, it says, we must individually be speaking to him, hear him speak to our hearts. When every other voice is hushed, and in quietness, we wait before him. The silence of the soul Makes more distinct the voice of God. Here alone can true rest be found. You see, when God calls us to be still, to cease what it is that we're doing in the context of Psalm 46 and the war and strives perhaps it's it's like Andrew, Andrew Sullivan. Yes, Andrew Sullivan, you, most of you may not know who Andrew Sullivan is. He's a, he wrote a masterpiece um, on silence in the New York, in the New York magazine. Yes, the New York magazine several years ago. You can Google and read the article. And again, I'm not saying I agree with everything Andrew Sullivan writes, but here in this article that he wrote several years ago, he says, if the churches came to understand that the greatest threat to faith today is not hedonism, but distraction. Perhaps they might begin to appeal anew to a frazzled digital generation. Wow. I know, I know what it's like to be busy. I know what it's like to be stressed and anxious. Several years ago now, I was going through a lot of different things, to say the least. And during that time, I, was, I, I began to get really, really sick. And, and I'm one of those that don't like to go. I love doctors, but I don't like to go to doctors. Amen. I love you all if you're in here and we need you. I would just rather go out to lunch with you than go to the office with you. And so. In the midst of that, my wife said, you need to go to the, the doctor. I was struggling with stomach issues and, 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 and finally went to the doctor and in that space did test, did a major test. And after that major test, he says, well, the good thing is that you don't have cancer. Thank you. One amen. Amen. He says, but you have also right of colitis. Now I don't know if you know what that is. You can Google it. I won't spend time on it. But it's not, it's not a fun thing. It is in remission, praise the Lord. But, but, but with that said, I, I just began to really feel like, God, you know, I, I love to exercise. I'm an exerciseaholic. I try to eat healthy. And I know he said, I said, so how do you get this? He goes, it's an autoimmune disease. You don't know. No, none of us know how, how you get it. You just get it. And, and I'm like, Lord, and one Sunday morning, I'm off exercising after hearing that, that, that I have to take a pill for the rest of my life or pills for the rest of my life. And I'm the kind of guy that I don't even eat vitamin C. I don't take vitamin C. If I have a really, really bad headache, I'll take something. But that's about it. And when the doctor said, you need to take this pill for the rest of your life, at least for me, that was like, what? And then I was still feeling kind of, still battling everything that I was going through. And I'm off running. And I'm off running. I went running as I normally do, exercising. It was one of those hot, sunny, Sunday, central Florida days, just like it would be here in southwest Florida. I love running, not only in the cool weather, but in the hot weather, believe it or not. And I'm out there, and all of a sudden, I feel this sense, not a voice from God. I'm just telling you my experience. I hope you believe it. That said, go to the park. Now, I run this area a million times. Go to that park. And I don't like to stop. I don't run with music. I don't run with any of that. I just like to be in my own head. That could be good. That could be scary. But go to the park. And so I go into this park. I drink some water and there's this cabana and I just feel a sense to go to that cabana and I'm just going there and I'm breathing hard, sweating. (coughs) And all of a sudden, it's like I hear it. Stop. Not only stop running physically, stop running your head. we can be quiet as introverts sitting down, but you and I know introverts or extroverts, it doesn't really matter. You see, the extrovert can fake it outside. The introvert will maybe do it inside, maybe. But there's something that we have to stop, and that's what? Our minds. Because you know they're running. Yours is running right now. Mine is running. Mine is saying I'm hungry. Yours is saying it's hungry. But it's also going a a lot of different places and god says go in there in the midst of this heat i'm in the shade god says be still and it was in that moment and even more recently in other moments since that one that i truly sense god speaking to me i've been to school I've taken theology, I know a little Hebrew, I know a little Greek, I know the heavenly language of Spanish and English. Some of you missed that. I was raised Adventist. <coughs> I was born Adventist. How many of you here were born Adventist? I was born in, in a hospital, but I guess some of you were born Adventist, okay. The, the point is, I was born a follower of Jesus, but, and, and, and I've had different experience. I had a, my own comeback to Jesus experience. But it was in that moment, my friends, when God, I finally listened and I just stopped. And I can't tell you again, I don't want you to think it was some voice, it was just something in my heart, but in the midst of all that, the text doesn't only say be still, it says be still and what? And know that I, The word know is used often, obviously, but can also be translated acknowledge that he is God. And like that very well-known text, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. What? Acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. I host a podcast called Restore, and if you've never listened to it, I encourage you to listen to it. You can just, wherever you listen to, if you listen to podcasts. I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to all kinds of podcasts. And one of them that I was listening to, there was a man, a professor, you may not know his name, but that's okay, follow me here. His name is Terry Wardell. He's a professor of theology, not within our community of faith, but nonetheless. He's a writer. Recently, last fall, he released a book about his life. Overcoming brokenness, anxiety, depression, and many other things. And, I, and I, as I was hearing him on this podcast, one of the most downloaded Christian leadership podcasts, called, uh, the podcast is, is, is actually called the Kerry Newoff Leadership Podcast, something he said truly captured my attention as I'm listening. I even rewinded it and listened to it again, and I even went back later and listened to that part again because he said, he said, Terry, Terry Wordle, he said, I came to hate the scripture, perfect love cast out fear. How many of you guys have heard that text? Beautiful text, right? Perfect love, cast out fear. But in his experience, he said, I came to hate that text. Essentially, he came, he, he came to hate it because every time he felt, essentially, that he was anxious about something, people would come and say, hey, perfect love, cast out fear. Now, that's true, but then it just hit him. And this is the part that when he said it just hit me as well. It's, it's, it's simple, but not simplistic. You see, what they didn't tell me, he, he says, is that it's not a word or a text that will cast out fear, but an experience, an experience of perfect love will cast out fear. And what he is saying is that he would say to somebody, I'm, I'm anxious, or I'm, I'm feeling depressed, or I'm feeling the way it is, and they would say, hey, 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 you know, let me give you a Bible text, perfect love, cast out fear, see you later. hey, I've been guilty. You feeling that way? You feeling a certain way? But let me tell you, when somebody is struggling through anxiety and depression, telling them if if they have faith is not the way to go. And I want to tell you, if anybody is struggling online with faith, anxiety, depression, I want to tell you, Jesus is with you. And it's okay. You're going to be okay. We're praying for you. Mental health is an issue in our time. And giving a verse to a professor of theology wasn't going to fix it. And what he states and what he talks about is that is that it wasn't somebody just coming and telling him that perfect love casts out fear. It's somebody coming and loving on him and showing him the love of God. And in that case, it would be just somebody's presence. Just slowing down and just Oh, we're such in a hurry. And to be honest, praise the Lord for my wife, but there wasn't too many people, and and I'm not blaming anybody, because I didn't tell anybody I I was feeling sick. But there wasn't too many people that came close, if you know what I mean. We live in a world where we just say, hi, how are you? And when we ask, how are you doing? Well, that's a loaded question. Many of the time, we, notice we, we, we hope they say, I'm good. We hope they say, I'm good. We hope that's all they want to say. But I would venture to say that if you want to ask, how are you doing, get ready. Because when people ask me, not all the time, when people ask me, how are you doing, I will stop. And I will say, do you really want to know? Because maybe, yes, I'm a pastor. I believe in Jesus, but maybe I'm not doing too good today, Bill. Like this mic is not doing too good today. It's frustrating me, Bill. (coughs) I need some kind of tack. (coughs) You follow me? Oh, I'm just keeping it real, y'all. You see, to know, to acknowledge God is to understand his great love for us. And that is an ongoing experience. His love does conquer all. It does conquer evil. His love conquers a multitude of sin. His love, though, must be experienced. We do that by following him. And as we share him to others, in order to truly acknowledge that God is love. You know that moment, we're going we're gonna to put tape on my face? Yeah, this is just in real time right here, right here, right as we're streaming Facebook right here. That's all good. Realness is good. I'm all, I'm all for it. So, there you go. This, this is, this is the back end. This, is, we don't even need a back room anymore. We'll just do it out here, in front of, right there. The good thing is that it's scotch tape, you know, so it goes right to my face. So. but um, I love it. Thank you, Bill. Actually, it did work. Why didn't you do that before, Bill? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) That's right. That's right. She said because she didn't set my mic up, and she's right. She's probably right. I should have gone to the tech folks. During that time, in that moment, when I was under that cabana in the shade, this essence to be still and to know came to a deeper experience in my life. I came to know my, that God began to speak to me in a way that it had been a while. Now, I'm not saying that God had didn't speak to me ever before, by no means preach i teach i encounter i speak with people all the time it's my job i'm in a multitude of churches board meetings intervening sometimes between issues with pastors and churches and churches and pastors and pastors and churches and churches and pastors we do this all day and we praise god for what we do been able to help many people but in that moment several years ago it was there that god said To know. It's not just to say perfect love cast out fear, yes, but to know that love, Javier. So, Javier, so you have this now. Do you trust me? Javier, I I may not cure you. You're in remission. I may not cure you. I could, but I may not. Do you trust me anyways? Javier, your cancer rate has just skyrocketed. Do you still trust me? You see, this is what I learned in that very moment, and I would say not learned but was reminded. Number one, God was saying, Javier, it's not about you. And secondly, he said, I got you. That's the way God talks to me. He may say it different for you. I got you. No matter what happens, it's not about you. It is about my son, Jesus Christ, who lived and died and suffered for you and for me and for everybody in this earth. And you're just a vessel that I'm using like the many, many, many others and the many, many more that I will use. And you have surrendered your life to me. Here it is, Javier, all the stress, all these anxieties, everything you're going through. Will you trust me? That's just me. That's just me. And at that moment, I just, I was crying like a little kid. There's other people in the park, and they must have, they must have been thinking, oh, that guy's going through a bad day. Actually, it was a great day. And he said, will you trust me? Because ultimately, Psalm 46, 11 ends. Now it goes back to the third person. He says, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is So I don't know how your year is going, 2020. I don't know the last two months if your New Year's resolutions are going well, or if you even had any New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is that I wouldn't have tape in my face, and here I am. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The year is going to continue to be very noisy, my friend. It's an election year. Yay! There's going to be 374,000 more debates. You're going to be bombarded on social media. You will have options. And amongst all that, there's real stressors in our life. Hey, what's going to happen with this coronavirus it's real let's just say it right it was mentioned earlier in, in the prayer I don't know the answer to that oh we're all reading it we're all getting updates my wife can tell you she's an expert on this she, she has read every update there is it's it's it's, it's a very serious thing that wasn't part of my notes here but I started thinking about it and I don't, I don't have the answer except to trust. Lord, I was hoping for a bigger amen than that, but that's okay. I understand. To trust. There's no solution for this. Is there? At this moment? God is in control. I I don't know all the answers, and I don't have all the answers, and I know you don't have all the answers. And when you go to a person that thinks they don't have all the answers, trust me, they don't have all the answers. I tell you something we all have is issues. As a good friend of mine said, he said, we all have issues, and if you think you don't have an issue, you're probably the issue. still and know that I am God. For I will exalt myself over the nations. I will exalt myself over the earth. On this extra day, on this leap year day, I believe that God brought me here to tell you what he's told me, that we're all living busy lives. If I had a dollar every time somebody told me they were busy, and if I had a dollar every time I told somebody else I was busy, I'd have a house here in Naples. (laughs) Maybe two. Not a condo, a house. And so today, I, I can't leave here. We have a little more time here in the second service. That I want to make an appeal. I'm an evangelist at heart. Maybe your mind and your heart and your soul has been running. And today God is saying, be still and know that I am God. Whatever you may be going through, whether it's anxiety, depression, worrying about the coronavirus, or whatever else it may, whatever it may be. Let's take this moment on this February 29th. And I challenge us all to do it as we go forward. And and you know, it may not, what does that look like in real life? Let me take a moment here. Um, I'm, I'm really learning to slow down. And I'm learning that sometimes I can just get in the car and just take a deep breath, Kendall, right, from work it is hard to. And you just stop. Like, I just wanna get in the car, I wanna put my phone on there, you know, and I got maybe a long drive, and I wanna watch something, I mean, I wanna hear something, and um, and maybe God is saying at that moment, no, no, no. I wanna get home, I wanna watch Netflix, I wanna watch ESPN, and, and that's, all, that's all great, that's all fine, great things. But maybe it's that moment when God said, be still know that whatever you're going through, I'm with you. No, he may not give you the answer and solve everything at that moment, but it's the fact that you know that God is there, and when we slow ourselves down and slow our minds down, it is amazing how we begin to hear more clear the I still firmly believe that the same God that spoke to Adam and Eve is the same God that can speak to us. So be still and know that I am God. I'm going to pray, and as I close to prayer, just follow me in this prayer. We are going to have some background music because I think it adds to it. But I'm going to call for you to be still and to know. Pray with me, gracious God. Lord, there's a lot of folks that are here today that they've been running. Ready, set, go, go, go. And today you're saying stop. Be still and know that I am God. And everybody here is in their own journey. But what they know of God may not be what he knows and what she knows. But I know that you are the God that wants to be and teach each one of us within our journey more about your love. So friends, take this moment. I'm gonna walk off the stage and just let the worship team take it from here. But take this moment to be still to pray to your God, to listen to your God, and to know, to know that He is God. And He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted. So oh, my kids I cast all my care upon you, sweet Jesus.